welcome back to Zillennials Podcast. Today on Zillennials, we have a reading roundup. So essentially, we are thinking about doing these every once in a blue moon to just kind of give you the download on books that we've been reading, our opinions on them, and hopefully it'll give you some ideas of what to read or maybe what not to read, depending on how we felt about it. So do you want to start off with a book you liked or a book you didn't like? What are you feeling? Ooh, I don't know. Um, so for anybody listening to this, I think it's getting released later in the fall, but uh, we are going or we'll be in school right now, which means I think for both of us, our reading lives are less active. So we are recording this a little early. And I think that is kind of reflected in my book choices. So that's why I wanted to mention this is because I think a lot of these do kind of fall in those like kind of beach read vibes, which I just wanted to say that now because otherwise it'd be like, oh, she's reading like a rom-com romance in November, which nothing wrong with that. But for me, that's definitely more of a summer thing. I agree. I also agree with what you said about our reading lives being significantly different during the school year. Um, I feel like mine goes to practically non-existent. Mine goes to podcast books only. See, mine is just perpetually set at podcast books only, unless I really have a book that I want to read. Or like if I have a book that's casually on my shelf, then I'm like, yeah, I could pick this up and I could read it. But I just I love podcast books because I can like be cooking my dinner and listening to the book at the same time. It's just it's so convenient. I like it for the luxury of the convenience. Yeah. So basically for this, I'm not really going to talk about any of the podcast books because like there's either going to be an episode or there will be an episode on them. But I did actually switch over to Storygraph after our conversation with Rahika, which I absolutely love it. But um, I did transfer my data over and stuff. So I did a mix of audiobooks and physical books this summer, physical slash Kindle. And I think that definitely is what contributed to such a high volume of reading. Also, because I kind of made it my mission to read as many books as possible in the summer because I really was not reading the previous nine months, which I might have done it a little bit to my detriment to the point where I was just like power reading everything. So I think I definitely could have slowed down and enjoyed some of them a little more. So let's see, what do I want to talk about? So I did listen to an audiobook, The House on Vesper Sands. I rated it a not so great reading. I think mainly because it didn't capture my attention is kind of this, it's a historical fiction mystery kind of set back in the day in um, England. I don't know, maybe lost apothecary time period. I don't quite remember. So I think part of that could be that it was kind of a slower book. And so when you listen to one of those on audio, at least for me, I kind of like go in and out. So it gets, it's a little harder to get into it. But the first book that I read this summer that I really liked was Beautiful Ruins by Jess Walter. And it goes back and forth in time between, uh, wait, is this the, let me double check. Yeah, so it takes place in Hollywood and there's like this kind of like, he used to be a famous screenwriter, but then now he's kind of a nobody, but he's like, his career is on the up and up. He's like, you know, and the next thing's going to be it. But then he's just kind of like, has resorted to writing like reality TV scripts. <laughs> so it's got kind of like the Gunkle vibes where it's like he was really famous and he was not really famous and he was going to be really famous again. Yeah, except it doesn't really follow him too much. Like he's a main presence. It follows the life of like his assistant 
And then there's this whole thing about like this old back in time in Italy, there's this famous movie star who went to stay at this tiny little Italian town. And, and then it's one of those things where all the people somehow end up in like LA and then it's like how they all connected type thing. Anybody who's listening to this episode, maybe you should just look these up because I think I'm like the worst at describing books. But I really like that one. I think I just like the descriptions of Italy. I like traveling. I'm trying to remember if I've read that one or not because I know that it's on my bookshelf and I know that people said it was really good. And like when you said like this Hollywood actress who was in Italy, I feel like that rang some bells for me, but I don't I don't remember if I read it or not. See, I have this problem where like I'll read a book and then I will forget it. Like within a year, I'm like, what was that book about? I don't even remember. Yeah, it's like in one ear and out the other or in one eye and out the other, depending on how you like to consume your books. No, I'm definitely like that, too. But this summer, especially, I kind of made an effort of well, specifically after I switched to the story graph tracking platform of at least writing a sentence or two about the book when I finish it. So that I can at least say something where it's like, hey, read this book. And then it's like the person's like, what's it about or why should I read it? And then usually I'm just like, I don't know, but it was good. I feel that. I have something to kind of add on to that. So my mom and I have a shared Google Doc where we write down books that we've read and our rating and like a little blurb about it and like who wrote it. And we have one. I think we made it like two or three years ago. And I'm going to be real honest. I totally forgot that we had this until like the other day. She was like, have you been updating the reading list? And I was like, no. (laughs) And so I was like, well, I guess I need to start adding some in. So I just started adding all of our podcast books in because I was like, oh, we read this one and we read this one and we read this one. And so it's just been inundated with all of these podcast books. Um, But I definitely do need to go back and add my other books in that are not podcast related too, because. You know, I feel like there's got to be some outside of the podcast, too. What's the first book you would like to highlight from the summer or spring? I'm so excited about this. So after we had our book episode with Ruhika, she was like, yeah, you can go and follow me on Goodreads or follow my bookstagram. I'm pretty sure I did both because I was like, oh, my gosh, Ruhika is so cool. She's so well-spoken. And so I was like... I really, I want to go and see what she's reading. And then I found out that she and I, by like looking at the books that she's read, which that may be like a little creepy, but also I was like, I feel like she has good taste in books. So I want to know like what she's reading so that I can also read books that are good. So I was like looking at ones that she was reading and there was one that she had rated five stars. And I was like, wow, I bet you it's a really good book. So I'm going to go and check that book out. And it was Six Crimson Cranes by Elizabeth Lim. And I read it via audiobook. And let me tell you, it was a very good book. The next one is coming out in literally six days, which definitely tells you when we recorded this episode because you could go and look it up. But the next book is coming out in six days. I'm not entirely sure if it's like the next one in the series or if it's like same sort of world or similar kind of world, but not related. I'm not entirely sure. I guess I will find out. But I went and I read it and it was very good. The one thing I do have to say, though, is I would recommend reading the physical book rather than the audiobook because there's this like enchanted paper crane that's in this book, which this is not a spoiler because it's like it shows up within the first like five pages. But the voice that they have for this enchanted paper crane drives me up the wall. It's like it sounds like a three year old child. I'm like, oh my gosh. So 
I would highly recommend reading the physical book because the audiobook version drove me insane. Okay, so worse than Nella's voice. Way worse. But it was a very good book. So for those of you who want a summary, here's a quick little summary. It's about this girl who has magic in this land that is like afraid of magic, right? And so something happens in which she and her siblings are put into a position where they are faced with a great struggle and they have to problem solve through this struggle together. And so that's like the most general thing I can say without giving away all of the details because I'm not trying to ruin this for you, but it's good. There are dragons, there's magic. If you are into fantasy, I would highly recommend this book. It's a really good read. And I like that the characters have some depth to them. Like even the characters who are like kind of evil are for the most part, not like evil for the sake of being just evil. Although sometimes they will seem like that, but it's not always the case. I think it's interesting because I also read a Ruhika book this summer. And I think that you are more, you gravitate more towards fantasy books than I do. And also more towards YA fantasy or why in general, I'm not sure. But um, for the sake of this conversation, specifically YA fantasy, because I don't really read much fantasy. Like the last fantasy I read was really Harry Potter. Um, unless there's like some podcast book, I don't remember. But I did read... Oh, I did read The Cruel Prince because after we talked to Rahika, I put the holds on The Cruel Prince in the court of something. So I gave it like a three. Like it was just okay. And I think part of that for me is just, I don't think fantasy is really my genre as an adult reader. I think it it's a little hard for me to like get into a world sometimes. I feel that. I disagree with you, but I feel that. I just like more realistic books. Like, I don't know, like, I think the thing is with fantasy books is that there's so much that the author has to set up in the beginning for it to work. And I don't know, but I've also been like trying to expand my reading like genre habits. So like trying to read more because I like, again, we're back to Harry Potter, but I did read Harry Potter and I really liked that when I was little. So I was like, I feel like I could get into it. I don't know. Maybe it's like more of an investment too, because they're usually always multiple books. I feel like, okay, here's my take on it. I feel like adults fantasy books generally speaking are not that good and the reason why i think they're not that good is i think that it can be hard to keep track of the story because there are so many different names that are like unfamiliar to you as the reader it's hard to keep them straight so i think that the issue with adults fantasy books is they will introduce too many characters too quickly so you're trying to comprehend not only the world but also all of these new characters and i think that that turns a lot of people off so i can definitely see what you're saying and i think that's why sometimes like i gravitate towards those like ya fantasy books because i'm like oh it's just like a story that's light reading and like a lot of the times when i'm looking to read yes sometimes i want to learn but yes sometimes i also just want to be entertained because I don't know. It's just, it's fun. Like I want to have, I want to enjoy the book that I'm reading. And if it's like, if it's too much, like I have to keep notes on who this character is and what this town is and yada, yada, yada. That to me is sometimes a turnoff from reading that book. I don't know if you feel the same, but yeah, 
And that's not to say that I read only fantasy books because I definitely appreciate a good historical fiction book too. But I have kind of found myself gravitating back towards like fantasy books within the last year or so, I think, which is interesting because I feel like when I was in college, I was very much like historical fiction, everything. So my thing with The Cruel Prince is at the end, I was left with the feeling of like, oh, I'd like to know what happens next. So like, I think it was good in that sense. I think the problem was kind of similar to what you were saying, where sometimes especially in like the first half, they would be naming people. And I would be like, how is this person related to that person? Or like, why is this person trying to kill them? I don't know what's going on. And then I think another thing is it could be because I listened to it on audio, which maybe makes a difference. I'm not sure. But there's like a time where like the main character kills someone. And then I was just like, why did she do this? What did I miss? So, um, That's why I just gave it like a solid three, you know, where I was like, I liked it enough to be interested in what happens, but not enough to like run out and read the next one. I feel that. I think that that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, I think it is kind of hard when you're going into a fantasy book where like there's so many new things and there's so many new characters. And then like, I feel like sometimes they spend so much time building the world that like they forget that characters need to have a motivation for doing what they're doing, you know? And I think that that's also like, another critique I would have of fantasy books, which I feel like I'm saying all these critiques of fantasy books, but I really do like fantasy books. Um, In which like a lot of the times characters will make decisions that don't necessarily have a reason or don't have like a reason that's very explicitly stated. Like there have been times when I've been reading them and I'm like, oh, they're going to do this. But like, why are, why are they doing that again? Like, I don't remember. I also like with physical books is a lot of times they'll put some sort of chart or map or something in the front of the book. And I think that really helps if like a name's dropped and you don't remember who it is and you can look at the little like family tree or something and see how they're connected. I think that's really helpful. So that's a plus for the physical books. But I will say, I think so far my number one fantasy book, I actually did read this summer. I listened to it on audio and I liked I liked it on audio. The guy makes a bunch of different voices, which, you know, it's like some of them you like better than others. But I do think it helps when the different characters have different voices. But it's um called The House in the Cerulean Sea by TJ Klune. Have you heard of it? I have not. So now that makes me want to go and read it. I might actually grab a pen and like write that down. Yeah. So it's not super. And this could be why I like it. It seems like more accessible fantasy. Like, it's not a whole, like, world-building struggle for power saga type thing. It's basically there's this house with all these children. And basically the world that they live in puts these children with magical powers into homes. And so the main character works for the government and his job is to like inspect the homes. So he's sent to the specific home and basically the whole story is he like gets to know the people there and the person running it. And it's kind of like one of those feel good, like self-acceptance type stories. And I really liked it. I also like the cover art, which I know don't judge a book by its cover, but it doesn't hurt. So yeah, I want to read. I already have a holdout on another one of his books. It's like Under the Whispering Door or something like that. And then I think there's a new one coming out in a year or so. Well, that sounds good. I will definitely have to give that one a listen. Normally, I feel like normally, sometimes I struggle with feel-good books. 
So I'm interested to see how this will go because I do like fantasy books, but I feel like sometimes if it's just following people's lives, it, I can't do it. So I don't know. I will try it out and I'll let you know my thoughts. Yeah, I think it's definitely more on the character driven than plot driven, which I know you're more of a plot driven person. Um, the tags on story graphs say fantasy fiction, LGBTQIA, and then adventurous, emotional, hopeful, and medium paced. Oh, okay. That actually sounds like, I don't know, that sounds like it could be a good one. Speaking of like fun books that we've been reading that are like uplifting, you're going to judge me for this. But I've been reading like an aggressive amount of Sophie Kinsella. Because, okay, in my defense, when I go to sleep sometimes, I like to put in an earbud and like set my little timer for like 15 minutes and then I just fall asleep listening to my audiobook. And it's very nice. So, I'm here to give you my ranking of three Sophie Kinsella books that I read this summer because I read a lot of them. The three are My Not-So-Perfect Life, Surprise Me, and The Party Crasher. Not The Shopaholics? No, I think I read that one like when I was in high school or early college. I read multiple of them. I feel like with a lot of things, stop after the first. Yes, I agree. I think that she has good like standalones. But I think, like, the series ones are sometimes a little, like, eh. I will admit, I think it came out somewhat recently. I was very tempted to read the Shopaholic Christmas one. See, I didn't even know that that one came out. Maybe I should read it. Maybe I should reread that whole series. I shouldn't, but I should. So, how do you rank the other ones? Because I think that's good to know, because I don't think I've read any of her other books. Okay, so, the best one, in my opinion... Of those three was my not so perfect life because I think that it gave depth to people that we kind of can demonize a little bit in our everyday lives. It gave a lot of depth to her boss who she liked but didn't like at the same time. There were very conflicting feelings on this boss. So I liked my not so perfect life. I would put that first. My second one was surprise me because, and again, this is not really spoiling anything about the book necessarily, but In this book, it's essentially like this wife and this husband get a checkup from their doctor and the doctor's like, oh, you guys, because you have such a long family history, you're going to live to have like 68 more years married. And they're like 68 more years together. Like, that's a lot of years. And then they freak out and then they try to do all these surprises in order to keep their life exciting. So I think that that one was very entertaining. I liked the concept, like the execution, I feel like was not my favorite, but I did like the concept a lot, which is why I rated that one second. And then the third one was The Party Crasher. I just didn't like this one that much. I feel like the timeline was a little warped because I feel like all of this stuff occurred really close together, but the book somehow made it feel like it dragged on for a long time. So I would rate the top one four, four and a half. Surprise Me would be like three and a half, maybe four. And then The Party Crasher was like a three out of five. I like that very concise roundup. Thank you. I didn't practice it, which I should have. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, I think I I forget. I told you I came up with my own term because I don't like chick reads or chick whatever they call them. Chicklet? Yeah, I don't like chicklet as a terminology so i think i told them i called them like my candy reads or something like that fluff reads was it fluff reads 
No, I feel like it was like I thought I was being clever or like I think I've renamed them on like my um book sorting as my like just for fun where those books are books like you said are I want to read one of those when I don't want to learn anything and I want to be entertained. Agreed. It's kind of like the reality TV shows of the reading world. You know what I mean? You're like, am I really going to get anything that educational out of this? No. Will I consume this media anyway? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's no shame in that. As long as it's kind of like with food, as long as you have a healthy diet, as long as you have a healthy reading diet, it's fine. Like mix it up. Read what you want. Read what makes you happy. So on that note, I gave it four stars. I think it's funny because I try to rate these like right away because I feel like as time goes on, you kind of like are like, oh, maybe it wasn't that good or maybe it was better. But I like rating them, you know, right when I finish. And it's called People We Meet on Vacation by Emily Henry. And that is literally just like beach read in the dictionary. That book. Do you know what's interesting? I also read an Emily Henry book. Which one did you read? It's called Beach Read. You read that? <laughs> I didn't read that one. It's on my list, though, now. So people we meet on vacation is basically these two friends, and they go on a vacation every summer. And I love traveling. So I feel like this just made it so much more summery that it's like centers around vacations and trips with friends. And so it flips back and forth between present day and like from the time they met every summer's trip. So it'll go like the summer's trip, present day, summer's trip. But then something happened in Croatia. And you're like, if you've read enough of, the, you know, contemporary romance or watched enough romantic comedies, you know exactly what happened in Croatia and why they don't talk for two years. But you still like get, you know, swept up in it. And I'm like, I got to keep reading to learn what happened in Croatia. I think it's Croatia. It could be a completely different country. And if it is, I am sorry. But I really enjoyed it. Obviously, I don't know. Is it a spoiler that if in a romance they get back together? Because they get back together. I feel like everybody kind of knows that in a romance they will get back together. So I feel like yes, but no. Like, I don't think I've ever really read like a true romance book where like they don't get together in the end. So I feel like no, it's not a spoiler. What if it's like, okay, this is just me being wild, but I'm like, what if it's a 12-year-old listening to their podcast and they don't know the tropes? What if I ruin that person's reading experience for life? It's fine. I don't think it's a spoiler. They, they all follow the same formula. I think if they don't recognize it, then they'll, I think what they'll do is if you have like a 12-year-old listening to this podcast and they are like, what do you mean they get back together in the end? Here's my train of thought of what they will do with that information. They will either Read it to prove it true or read it to prove it false. Fair. So Beach Read. Yes. So I read Beach Read because there was like a whole bunch of hype around this book. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to read this book. And what I have to say about it, I feel like not that many people are going to appreciate because I feel like a lot of people really liked this book. I rated it like a 3.5 out of 5. It was not that great. I think that like the characters had some depth to them with like everything that went on in their lives. But also, I feel like this whole guy who doesn't talk and is very mysterious trope is so overdone in romance books. I'm like, oh my gosh, are there no, uh, are there no emotionally literate men out there in these books? I cannot fathom. I'm like, this is 
insane. It drives me nuts. So that was my hang up with it is I feel like a lot of the times there was a lot of miscommunication or like just people who, I don't know. I feel like they're always like about this mysterious guy and like the guy is not actually that mysterious. He's just a person. Mm, Yeah. So that's a romance trope you don't like. No, I really don't appreciate that. See, I feel like there's only so many things you can do in romance, but people we meet on vacation, I think is like the friends to lovers one. See, I think my favorite romance trope is enemies to lovers. Mm, Yeah. Oh my gosh. Talking about that, talking about one that just like was not very good. I read A Taste of Sage. I finished it mainly for the food description and each chapter ended with a recipe, which I loved. But man, it wasn't very good. It was like one of those things where like, oh, they have like, you know, like some tension going on. They like each other. And it's like all of a sudden they get together and you're just like, it's kind of one of those ones where you're just like, why are they together? And then like at the end of the book, they get engaged. I'm like, you guys, like at least the way it was written, it was like, you guys are like literally just met. But I know some time passes. I think the reason why it felt like they just met was because it was a lot of like, here's a little snippet. Oh, let's fast forward like five months. Ah, got you. I could see that. I did read a lot of contemporary romance this summer. One I did enjoy, which I think some people don't like, but I kind of enjoyed it, was The Flat Share by Beth O'Leary. I haven't heard of that one. So the concept of that one is this uh, woman breaks up with her boyfriend, right? And so she needs a place to live. So she accepts this flat share, which to me, I think it's just like the British term for like an apartment with roommates. Yeah. And so they sat, like they have this agreement where it's a one bedroom apartment. So he's a night nurse and he like is away on the weekends and stuff. So he has it in the day from like, say, eight to five. And then she has it from like five to eight. And so the whole thing is, like, they're not supposed to meet. And, like, then they start exchanging sticky notes to each other. And then, of course, they eventually meet. And then, because it's romance, you can fill in the blank. (laughs) I see we have another addition to the list. Yeah, I want to read it. (laughs) It sounds cute. Okay, but I did did hear something about proximity trope romances where somebody said that if you are, like, obsessed or, like, if proximity romances are like your favorite where it's like these people are just so close to each other that they fall in love somebody was like yeah psychoanalyzing that that's because you don't think that you can be loved by anybody who is like unless somebody is forced to be close with you and i was like i feel very called out right now (laughs) well that's very dark i mean i think like i think it's more so like if you obsessively read that rather than like if you just casually enjoy on occasion but like I was like, oh, that's pretty, wow, okay, that's a strong opinion right there. But I counter that with, like, you have to have some sort of proximity with the people to, like, make any sort of relationship, like, friend or romantic work. I'm sorry, I'm not going to, like, meet someone once and then be best friends with them. True. I look at it, too, and I'm like, you think about who some of your friends are, like, as you're older, too, and, like, some of them you meet through work, which, again, that's, like, a proximity thing. I think all my friendships have come through proximity. Like, how else do you make friends? Like, I mean, maybe if you're like a super social butterfly, you like just go up to somebody and you're like, hey, 
I love your outfit. Let's get coffee. But like, I don't know. I don't think I've ever had that sort of experience before where it's like, you know, I don't think I've had that sort of experience yet. Could you imagine if you were on the receiving end of that? I'd be like, I don't know. You know, I don't want to get coffee with you. I think I would say yes, just to see how it goes, to be honest with you. Stay in a public place and make sure somebody knows where you are. I would definitely. But like, yeah, I think I would say yes. Speaking of, this is like kind of a side tangent, but not a side tangent. So like a while back, for those of you who don't know, over the summer, I painted a mural for a town and I was out painting this mural and like the town is like a it's a bigger town and so this one girl comes up to me and she's like hey I live like across the way and I saw you painting this mural and like how did you get this opportunity and so she and I were chatting because she's like around our age and so she and I were chatting and then we like exchanged Instagrams and I saw her on the street the other day and I was like hey and so I was like oh my gosh is this like a random like chance encounter that could turn into a friendship who knows who knows so I was very excited about it Anyways, that was like two weeks ago, so. I mean, it's not impossible. It's just not my chosen method for friends. I just think, I don't know. Sometimes I like the chaos of it. Yeah, you could just randomly meet somebody and like you guys could go and be good friends someday. Like that's, I don't know. I just think there's something that's like kind of fun about that. Yeah. You still need proximity because you still need to live relatively close to them. Like, for example, Kyle and I started playing board games with his neighbors and then they picked up and moved back home because they weren't from the same state. And like we hung out like a few times this summer, but to the whole proximity thing, now they're like five hours away and we didn't know each other that long beforehand. I don't think we're really going to stay friends. Okay. I will agree with you. I think at least early on in your friendship or your relationship, you do need to be close in proximity to that person so you can establish that base of trust and that base of friendship because like for example like Leon, you and i we live like across the country right but also because we were in such a close proximity for a couple months like that kind of established the basis for our friendship and so i don't know i just think yeah i, I think you're right on that i do it goes back to the study abroad pressure cooker. Everything like happens on an accelerated like timeline. Um, I'm going to make you real mad. It's the study abroad Instapot. Instapot. <laughs> <laughs> I won't get too mad on that one. Just slightly salty. <laughs> okay, so talking about a book that I feel like has been getting a lot of buzz recently that I didn't really love was The Paris Apartment by Lucy Foley which I read the guest list and I liked that a lot better. Um, I did not really like the Paris apartment because it took forever for anything to happen. And then I feel like it's so it's a mystery kind of thriller type book for anyone who doesn't know. And I just feel like the ending was a little too much of a stretch. Got you. I think my mom might have read that book this summer. It's on all the lists this summer. I don't know. I just thought it was like it took my whole like willing suspension of disbelief and just like stretched it a little too far. Got you. One that I read that was like kind of a thriller type book was I read You Are Not Alone by Greer Hendricks, which I think might have been kind of a popular book because I definitely had to get on a wait list for it, which was kind of sad. 
But it very much gave me Gone Girl vibes. Like, you know that something's not right at the beginning. I would rate it like a four out of five. Like, it was entertaining. It kept me guessing. I was kind of right, but kind of not right at the same time. And it was just like, I don't know, there was like towards the end points where I needed to kind of suspend belief a little bit, kind of like how you're saying where it's like, "Mm, that might be a little bit too much of a stretch. But yeah, I would recommend it. I think that I think that this also kind of goes back to to how we said about like making friends because this girl makes friends through like this super chance encounter. It's just I don't know if you are into like a mystery thriller type of thing that has some good suspense. It's a pretty decent one. I'd recommend. I also read Reckless Girls this summer by Rachel Hawkins. Did you read that? I started it and then I fell asleep while listening to it and then I did not finish. I couldn't pick it back up because I was like, I don't remember where I was. Okay, so I kind of liked it at the beginning because it's like the whole they're on a boat and then they sail to like this random island off Hawaii that like, according to the book, which I think may or may might be true. I didn't look it up, but it's this island that used to be used in like World War II for refueling, but then is essentially kind of deserted. And so they go there with these two random girls that they don't know. It's the main character and her boyfriend. And then when they're there, these two other people are already there and they're on like a big fancy yacht. And so then they're all like hanging out and doing stuff on the island. It's kind of like Lost vibes. I never saw Lost, but it's what I imagine Lost would be. And then this other random person comes up, does some crap, and then leaves. I don't really know what the point of him was. And it was like kind of entertaining, you know, like just like a easy to read, like flip through summer book until the ending, which I have even more like mixed feelings about this ending than the Paris apartment. The Paris apartment was like, okay, like the ending was fine. This one, I was like, what in the world is going on? I don't know if you'd want to know what happens, but if anybody does read this book and would like me or would be willing to let me rant about it, please let me know. Okay, now I feel like I need to go back and I need to like actually listen or read this book because I feel like we need to have a conversation about this now because you seem very impassioned by this ending. Those of you out there probably can't see Leanne's face right now. Well, you can't because this is just audio, but she looks very upset. (laughs) It was just so ridiculous. I think I got my notes confused and flipped my Paris apartment ending with this book's ending because the Paris apartment's ending was like, okay. But this is the one that I think I said was like, your mind is just like, what is going on? Okay, was it like throw the book across the room bad? Yeah, almost. Really? Wow. Okay, I really need to read this one then so that we can talk about it. I'm going to put that on my next TBR list. Other books that I read, these are not like super recently, but I think I was reading these like in January. I was reading a lot of Lauren Weisberger books because I realized that she wrote The Devil Wears Prada and then I was determined to read all of her books because I was like, she wrote The Devil Wears Prada. And so, of course, I listened to The Devil Wears Prada and the sequel and then also the singles game and then also Where the Grass is Green and the Girls Are Pretty. So I read a lot of different books by her. Let me tell you, The Devil Wears Prada in book form is not like The Devil Wears Prada in the movie. You kind of hate Andy as the main character like she's kind of a jerk so how do you feel now do you, are you just going to pretend the book doesn't exist i don't i feel like i can't like i don't know i almost kind of wonder if it puts like the movie in a slightly different light because i feel like she was kind of a jerk in the movie too 
But I feel like it was even more so in the book. Like, I think she was an even more problematic character in the book than in the movie. Mm, okay. And also, I don't think she got together with her old boyfriend, if I'm remembering correctly. But I could be wrong. No, 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 actually, I think she did. So what was your favorite of the other books? Um, honestly, it's been a while since I read them, so I'm not sure. I'm going to say probably the singles game because I don't remember where the grass is green and the girls are pretty that well. And the Devil Wears Prada books, I liked them, but I also didn't like them. They just weren't what I was expecting after seeing the movie. Like, I feel like when I saw the movie, I was like so impressed by all the fashion and like the glitz and the glamour. And I was like, okay, I want a book that I can just like enjoy essentially like the aesthetics of like all the things in the book. But that was not really what you got from reading that book. So I feel like it just wasn't what I expected. Like it wasn't a bad book. It just wasn't what I expected. And the singles game was a book about tennis and it followed like a professional tennis player. So I did like that one. That one was pretty, it was pretty good. So I've really been trying to be better about quitting a book if I'm not liking it or if I'm not feeling it at the moment because there's only so much time in the day and there's so many things I want to do. And especially with school going on, I don't have time to be reading books I don't like. And it doesn't mean they're bad books. Like they, someone else might love them. But like if I don't like it, I'm like, why am I forcing myself to read it? So I'd like to announce I did not finish my first book ever or almost ever, this oh past summer. And I'm very proud of myself. I'm not sure if that author is like, yay, I'm her first, do not finish. But it was A Certain Appeal by Vanessa King. Um, I think this book could be good if you're into like the whole burlesque New York type scene. And it's a Pride and Prejudice retelling, so I was, like, super excited for that. Like, I thought it would be really cool. I like retellings, you know, see how they play out. But I just wasn't – the whole burlesque thing wasn't grabbing me, and there was too much burlesque in the book for me to keep going. But seeing as that's the premise for her book, there kind of has to be. Interesting. Yeah, I think I did not finish quite a few books. I started Educated by Tara Westover, which I know is a controversial book. I think think I've heard controversy about it. So I read a little bit of that one, but I didn't finish it because I was listening to it when I was filing. And I think we had like a different book that we were reading this summer that I was like, I need to put this on pause so I can finish our book. Um, I also read The Glass Sword by Victoria Aviard. That's a book in the Red Queen series. It's like the second one. And... It had been like a while since I read the first one, and I was just like, I just can't read this. It's like, it was a YA book, and I was like, it is just not, I personally was like, it's just not good. I wouldn't keep reading, and so I just stopped. I'm trying to think. Other ones that I read and didn't finish, Reckless Girls. We already talked about that, though. Well, now you have to read it for me so I can talk to somebody. Because the problem with thrillers and mysteries is like, you can't talk about them with anybody without ruining them. I know. It makes it so difficult. Maybe, have we read like a thriller or like a mystery on this? Well, we read Finley Donovan. Yes. My question is, can we get through an episode without mentioning Finley Donovan? I feel like that could be a challenge. (laughs) I don't think it's possible. I 
I don't think it's possible, Leon. Even if they're not book-related at all, somehow we find a way to bring Finley Donovan up, and I'm not mad about it. Oh my gosh, could you imagine my dream? Because there's supposed to be, like, including the one coming out in, like, January or February, there's supposed to be, like, three more books. Imagine if we got big enough to get an advanced copy of, like, the last one or something. Literally, if we got big enough to get an advanced copy, I would just die from happiness, like, on the spot. I would call in sick to work and just read the book. I'd be like, no, 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 you don't understand. I got to sprint this book. It's pre-release. It's pre-release. I I mean, I wouldn't actually, but in theory. You'd be tempted. I would be very tempted, but I would not do it because that's not a responsible adult thing to do. But the temptation would be there. That's what makes being an adult so hard. I agree. I thought it'd be fun if we end the roundups with like one book like not podcast book we want to read if you have one kind of looking through my list so for this i'm just going to read you several that i have on my list because i'm trying to make sure that i am diversifying my authors more because i feel like a lot of what gets pushed to you is like not always super diverse in terms of authors one of the books that i have on my list is tiger at midnight ooh and that's by swati tirdale I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, so I do apologize if I'm not. So I'm looking forward to that one. Also, The City of Dusk. I would like to interrupt to point out, because I just looked it up. It is a fantasy YA. You're very on brand. Very on (laughs) brand for me, yes. But okay, in the description, they literally said, if you liked Saba Tahir's writing, you will love this book. And I'm like, yes, I do want to read that book. So that is very on brand for me, yes. You go, you go with your book, Leanne, and I'll, I'll find my next one. I didn't know what to pick, so I just kind of picked one that I found on my list, and I was like, I remember when I added it, I'm like, yeah, I really want to read this. It's called Daughter of the Moon Goddess, and it has this really pretty cover, and it is a story, the main character is, the, is being hidden from the emperor because her mother like stole some elixir or something and so then the whole thing kind of it's kind of the like hero's journey thing where like she ends up going out and like having to like do things to save i don't know her mom or something like that this is again don't come to me for the descriptions but the reason why i want to read it is that it weaves in chinese mythology which i think is really cool and i think when i was little i had a like a picture book that is something to do with like the moon goddess or something like that. So I thought that would be cool to read. And this is very off-brand for me because it is a fantasy book. Yes. Okay. I feel like I might read that too. And then maybe we can talk about it at some point. Yeah. Um, That's also part of the reason why I wanted to read The Tiger at Midnight too is because it has some Hindu mythology in there. And so I was like, I feel like that'd be really cool because I feel like I don't know that much about Hindu mythology. So maybe I'll learn a little bit along the way. I would like to highlight one other book seeing as this is being released in the fall. I feel like this is kind of fall vibes, although this is kind of late, but you can read books any time of year. You know, it's called Witches by Brenda Lozano. And it is a story that follows two parallel narratives, which again, listen to our other episode to hear my thoughts on those. But it's one of them is an indigenous healer. And then the other woman is a journalist. And then their paths meet when the one, a cousin of the healer has been murdered. So I thought that would be super interesting, kind of fall vibes to me because it's kind of like witchy, kind of 
I don't know. For some reason, anything witchy makes me think fall. I feel like that is like a very cozy fall vibe. Yeah. And it's pretty cool, too, because it is a novel like in translation. Oh, that's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what else I really have on my list. I've got Women of Light on my holds, which, again, totally dates whenever this podcast is coming out. Also, Leanne, I meant to say this, but I think it's kind of funny. You had like two or three different books that were from different time perspectives where it flips back and forth on your list of books that you read. And it just made me think about Cloud Cuckoo Land when you were talking about how like that's been like a real trend in books lately. So it just kind of made me giggle. All right. Our book club is going to be Christmas at the Island Hotel by Jenny Colgan, and that will be dropping on December 5th. So if you're looking for a good holiday read, you should definitely read this one with us. It'll get you in the holiday spirit. Go do it. We hope you enjoyed our reading roundup. We're hoping to make this into a little bit of a series. So we'd love to hear what kind of books you're reading, if you've read any of the ones that we talked about. So feel free to send us a message. You can send us an email or DM us on Instagram. And don't forget to rate Zillennial's podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can find us at Zillennial's podcast on Instagram or email us at zillennialspodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to hit the subscribe button and stay a while. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time.